Welcome to the Digital Marketing Masters Podcast with your host, Matt Rouse. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Digital Marketing Masters. My guest today, I'm very excited about Darren Kidd. Darren, how are you doing? Doing awesome, Matt. I appreciate you uh, having me on the podcast. Hey, so we met through Holly, right? Holly Jackson. Yes, we did. Who's on? She's the co-host of my YouTube show, The Business Builder Throwdown. Great gal. I'm also going to be doing her Message Matters show on LinkedIn coming up. She thought we would connect. And I mean, I, I looked through your website a little bit. We talked very briefly and I'm like, yeah, that's a good guy to have on my show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, Holly is awesome. I'm doing her podcast coming up in a couple of days. And so it's just, it's awesome how, you know, a lot of the great people that we meet, connect with, become great friends, and eventually, like some of them more than we like our own family, comes through connections. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, you know, being a great connector is one of those things that really adds value, especially, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about AI. I don't want to talk about AI the entire time, but I know it's, it's difficult nowadays. But yeah, I mean, that's one of those value pieces that people have that, you know, an AI can tell you you know, this person is an expert on this subject, but it doesn't give you a warm intro so you can go talk to them, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, so. and, you know, one of the things I, I heard and I agree with that collaboration is the new currency. And, uh, you know, people that have the abundance mindset where, hey, look, there's enough for everybody. And they're constantly looking how they can add value to someone else, which is why Holly introduced me to you. It always comes back. You know, we reap what we sow. And I don't know if that was just like, in me from the very start, but I know that I've worked harder that, at that as I've gotten older, where I'm just constantly looking. As soon as I meet someone, I'm constantly asking the question like, how can I add value? You know, who can I connect them with? What can I do to support them? And, and, it, and it definitely comes back even, and I don't do it with the intention of, hey, what can I get back? But it always comes back. For sure. You know, and we've talked on this show quite a while ago about abundance mindset, but do you want to kind of Give us a quick once over on what that is, because I know we haven't gone over it in a while. We have some new listeners who may not be familiar with that. Yeah, and I'm sure it means different things for different people. But for me, you know, there's there's different people that I've met where they act, they act like they're afraid to give too much because it's going to take from them. And it's, it's a lack mentality instead of having the abundance mentality going, hey, you know what? If I can add value, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I met a guy, he's an Emmy award winning PR guy. And I went in and I'm the type of person, if I believe in you, I'll tell the world about you. I love connecting people. I love promoting people. And so I went in and I saw his facility and I'm like, I'm blown away. Like you've got seven different studios. Looks like you're on Oprah. You've spent millions of dollars. One looks like you're on the Joe Rogan podcast and people can go in and they can rent the studio and 500 bucks, they can do a TV show. So people will fly in once a month and do four shows. And right. anyway, then he shows me his list, how he gets people on the news. I immediately, not thinking of me, this is just an example. And it's not to go, Darren, kid, you're so awesome. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm just kind of sharing with you how it comes back without even you intending on it coming back. But I just started connecting with people that I knew there would be a great person for him and add value to both of those people. So I was looking out for both the people that I knew and then connected them to him. Well, the next thing I know, I'm getting an email going, Darren, you know, Fox wants you on four different radio interviews. iHeartRadio wants to interview you, Sirius XM. Next thing you know, I'm on all of these radio and TV interviews going out to millions of people. That wasn't even my intention. My intention right. was I just wanted to help someone that I believed in. 
So yeah, and when you get in the habit, and just like AI, the quality of the response determines what kind of question we give it. Right. <laughs> and the same thing with our life. I believe the quality of our life is determined by the quality of questions that we ask ourselves. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have ask crappy questions, you're going to get crappy answers. So if you're asking good quality questions like, look, how can I add value to Matt? How can I, who can I connect Matt with that's going to, you know, add value to him and it will be a good collaboration or good connection. Then I'll leave it up to you. So that's the abundance mentality. And I believe the more you give, the more comes back. We reap what we sow. So if you're a, a kind hearted, generous person looking to add value, sincerely looking to add value without a hidden agenda, it's always going to come back because it's always come back for me. Yeah. And you know, there's interesting example of that we had uh, a guy named james came on my show from red eight interactive who's a web design agency my agency also does web design right most people would say that is a poor decision right to have your competitor on your show right but it's not and i'll tell you why right i had him on my show they do very specific jobs generally for companies larger than our own and they have a, a certain methodology that they use and him and I have talked and chatted and, and I've sent him a couple of referrals here and there. And, but he has sent me a ton of referrals for the other work that we do that his company does not do. Right. And man, it's, I mean, it's been a great, you know, relationship there. And it reminds me of the old adage where all the car dealerships are on the outskirts of town, but they're all in the same place. Mm -hmm. Because more people will go shopping for cars if there's more dealerships in one spot, right? Everybody goes downtown where there's six restaurants on the same block instead of to each separate place where there's a restaurant because the more mm. the merrier, right? That's a great point. That's so you don't want to you don't want to be like I have to avoid competition because there's only so many people. The more of what you do that's in one place, the more people will come to it. Yeah, and and, and two if things are comfortable, like right now, we all know the economy, you know, is tanking, you know, interest rates and inflation and gas prices and food and all of that. Well, most people are panicking and they're going, oh, my gosh, this is terrible where this is the time when I, I was speaking to the mastermind recently. Some of the people in the room, their companies done over 30 billion dollars. Right. Another guy's company last month at 100 million. I mean, these are some of the most successful people. John Asaroff, you know, that was in The Secret and David Meltzer. They did the movie Jerry Maguire, you know, on his sports organization. There's all these people, you know, there was Zig Ziglar's son and they think differently. They think, hey, look, the biggest transfer of wealth happens during recessions, during depressions and during wars. So when things are going great, it's hard to gain market share. It's hard to, you know, get ahead of the crowd. But if you look back, I was listening to an interview the other day with a guy that goes, look, 2008, I lost my job. I was selling, I forget what, th what type of things, the hospitals. And he's like, I read this article. They go, hey, look, a recession is a great time to start your own business. He knew nothing about undergarments, but he got tired of his shirt coming untucked. There was a need in the marketplace. He went out. That was the founder of Tommy John, right? right? the huge, massive brand, worldwide, global brand now that is worth a fortune. He knew nothing about that. So when things are where they are right now, now's the time not to go, look, I don't want competition. Competition makes you stronger. It makes you think outside the box. It makes you, it makes you ask different questions. And, and comfort zones are designed to keep us safe. It looks at sameness as security. 
So when we're going through these challenging times and it's forcing us to be innovative and think outside the box, that's the time we can really grow. And, and it's a huge blessing in disguise as long as we ask the right questions and we do the right things. All right. And, you know, talking about, you know, the economy right now, I have a very odd view of the economy and I, I'm in no way a policymaker or an economist or anything like that. However, all basically all of economics is projection based on history, right? But historically, there has never been a time like now, right? There's never been like they're like, OK, well, let's look at post pandemic from, you know, the you know, whatever, Spanish flu, and let's look at these trends and this and that and interest rates and all this stuff. Well, they keep doing like quantitative easing, but the interest rate is not really going down very much, right? You know why? It's because everybody's like, okay, the interest rates are up, but we still have record, you know, levels of the need for housing. So we're just going to pay more money because then we'll just charge more for the houses so we have companies that can't find enough employees to stay open. So they're paying the employees more and more. And now they got to borrow more money. So what do you think that does, right? They just pay the extra amount of money and then pay the employees. And then they still need margin. So they mark up the prices, right? So inflation is still going up, right? And then you got AI coming in, right? And I was actually was just talking about this yesterday uh, on the Marketing Matters show. Uh, we were talking about, I don't remember how to word it properly. The One of the guys at the Marketing AI Conference, he's a professor from Wharton. He was saying that the amount of productivity per person worldwide went up 12% with the invention of the steam engine. And they expect the amount of productivity per person worldwide to go up 30% because of AI. We're talking more gains, more than double the amount of productivity per person than the industrial revolution. I don't know how anyone could forecast what's going to happen from that, right? That, no, that's true. And, and what I have learned in my, you know, 33 decades of entrepreneurial experience is that you have to control the controllables. So we don't know what's going to happen like you. I'm not an economist. I'm not I don't claim to know all of that stuff about policies. But what I do know is that I'm going to take me with me everywhere I go. Right. <laughs> and the best investment people go, what's the best investment? Is it real estate, crypto? Is it? No, the best investment is you. Like you just told me you got back from a three day event, right? An AI event. Yeah. And, you know, so here you are investing in you, growing you. So no matter what happens, you're going to be able to you know, optimize and, and, and add value and all of that, those great things. So no matter what happens, I'm focused on, okay, what can I control? What can I do? Am I growing daily? Like I was listening to your podcast earlier today, right? I'm getting other things done, but I'm right. like, okay, we're learning or we're, gro we're growing or dying. We're growing or declining. There is no maintaining is a myth. So we just sit here and go, hey, I'm just maintaining. No, you're not. You're growing or declining. I learned that from a billionaire that had 40 companies in 60 countries. You're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotten. There is no in between. Okay. So right now I'm focused on, okay, how can I continue to grow? The same version of us that got us to where we are is not the same version that gets us to the next level. It takes a new way of thinking. It takes new behaviors. 
And so with that said, it's exciting times, you know, right now where we're going, hey, look, we don't know what's going to happen, but let's have fun. Let's embrace the challenges. Let's look at the obstacles. I used to look at obstacles, Matt, as negative. Like I want to avoid obstacles where now I know, hey, look, obstacles and failure are your best friend. Without obstacles, there is no elevation. And when you go through these challenging times, it forces us to, to, to grow. It forces us to ask different questions. It forces us to work harder, maybe than we've ever worked before, work smarter. Like you said, with that productivity, we only have 24 hours in the day. That's one resource. No matter what they do, they're never going to be able to change that. And Peter Drucker said it's not how much we do, but it's the effectiveness of what we do. So now with AI, with technology and all these things that we have going for us, we can do more, have more, and be more, you know, by utilizing those things and doing the right things with them. Right. And I mean, a hundred percent agree. And talking about being able to control the controllable, these are important aspects in not just your business, but your life in general. But, you know, from a business standpoint, a lot of people worry about things like, is AI going to wipe out my industry, right? Or is AI going to take my job? That kind of thing. And I mean, yeah, it's okay to have a little bit of existential threat or dread kind of thing, but do you really have any control over that, right? And and the answer is no. But that said, and this came up several times at the AI conference, I don't know how many times I've heard it now on listening to other people in the industry talk about AI. AI is not going to take most people's jobs. A person who is using AI is going to take the job of a person who doesn't use AI. Yes. Yes. So, well, what's the answer? I, maybe it's start learning how to use some AI, right? You know, yeah. it's this is the first time a powerful learning computer system has been in the hands of people, right? Before that, you had to be a company with tens if not millions hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue to be able to have a data scientist team and a data analyst team and a clan of developers you know to build some kind of large learning model system right and now you have access to generative ai you got access to large language models like chat gpt and bard and you know claude and there's all of these systems coming out like you could download one called pi you could just download it on your phone and talk to it. Like you just click the button, like a call button, and you just talk to it and it talks back to you, right? Wow. This has never been available in to anyone ever, right? So now you've got this, it's kind of like this brave new world, right? But a lot of people, I mean, I was at the marketing AI conference, the only marketing AI conference in the world, and there was 700-ish, 750 people there. Wow. And last year there was 300. So there's more than something like 3 million marketing people just in the United States. So 700 out of 3 million are at the conference learning what to do with it, right? You're not Mm. too late to the game, right? I mean, the the game is barely started. Well, and and what, man, there's so many great points in what you just, what you just made. I remember when I first got married, I was working at a paint warehouse and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to work as hard as I can. I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to move my way up. And one day I'll be at the top of this company. Right. So I was volunteering on the weekends. I got the, the older man that owned the place, loved me. And here's what happened. 
They sold the company. Everybody got laid off. They, they made millions. I'm starting over. Right. So then I go get a job as a sales rep in the gift and furniture industry. I knew nothing about that. But I go, look, I'm going to make up in numbers what I lack in skill. I'm going to work really hard. I had the highest increase in sales in the entire Southeast. And what they did was they started cutting my territory. They started taking my key accounts because then they cut it in half. you got to go do the same work over again. And I remember going, dang it, I'm sick of this, <clears throat> right? And so then what I go, okay, what can I do about it? How can I control the controllables? Well, what I can control is I'm going to work on me and invest in me so hard because I had a mentor of mine that said, Darren, you don't make what you want. You make what you are. And if you want to make more, you have to become more. You don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. So I started investing in me. You know, just in the last few years, I've invested multiple six figures in my education because I go, I want to make sure that no matter what happens with the economy, no matter what happens in the world, anyone would do anything to want to work with me based on the value that I can provide. But most people do not do what you just did. They could have, but successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. That blows my mind. That's the only AI marketing conference in the world. And there's only 700 people. Right. And, yeah, but, but that, that's right now. Yeah. And that's crazy. And, and AI like, is in the news every single day. Right. Yeah. That's, that's mind blowing. Yeah. Like John Asaroff. Okay. People know, I think John Asaroff has built a hundred million dollar coaching business. He was in the movie, the secret. Well, when he spoke at the event, he goes, look, normally, you know, me for the brain stuff, like neuro gym, all the things that he does. He goes, but I'm going to spend my time talking to you today about AI. And what he did, he goes, look, normally my wife and I, we have time at night where we Netflix and we chill. But he goes, for the next several months, all of that time is being spent learning AI because we have a window of opportunity that's going to allow us to capitalize, gain market share, get ahead of the masses. And if we want something different than everyone else, we have to be willing to do something different. There's another guy. This guy built a solar company, did $100 million last month. And I think he's listed on the Inc. 500 is like number 40 something fastest run company. What was his talk about this last time where I spoke at the same mastermind? AI, right? right? So the, the success leaves clues. And that's why if we can, I love learning little hacks of what we can do for our health, for productivity, for business. To me, AI is one of the best, just like you're talking about. I don't need an army of people now. If I just learn how to do the right things with AI, I can get so much done in less time, which adds more value to my life in other areas as well. Absolutely. And something that's interesting is especially for kind of the solo entrepreneur or the person who's, you know, an owner of their company or a founder, which I mean. As far as I know, you know, that that's kind of the people that you work with, right? People who are leaders and want to be more productive, right? And, you know, I guess also there's the motivational side, but we can get to that in a minute. But if you're a leader right now and, and you want not just yourself to be more productive, but you want your company to be more productive, there's, there's this idea that if an AI can do a person's job, I should eliminate that person from my company, right? Like, like if, if I can have AIs write 30% of the content, I should reduce my content team by 30%. But once you sit down, you think about it for a bit, you're like, wait a minute, why am I producing content, 
right? I'm producing content because I want to get the attention of people who will eventually be my customer, right? Now, if I could either produce 30% better content using AI or 30% more content using AI with the existing staff that I have, wouldn't that generate 30% more revenue and customers, if not more, right? If I'm outstripping my competitor now by 30% and they laid off half their team to do the same amount of work they were doing before, am I not going to grab that market share, right? Yeah. There's an opportunity here to not only use the existing staff that you have, but also, you know, your own team, but then also maybe you can take those gains. You can hire more people who can then all be 30% more productive as well. Right. No, I, lo I love that thought process. That, that's why it's important to be around people that think if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. That's right. And, and I love being around people like you, Matt, that are thinking bigger because repetition equals recall. When you're building your brand, repetition equals recall. And best known is better than best product or service. Right. Or Grant Cardone talking about that on Undercover Billionaire. <clears throat> and it's so true. So why would you, like you said, shave your employees, get rid of some of your employees to do the same amount when you can increase it a third, do, do a better job, do it more effectively, faster, and then reach a bigger audience when everybody else and, and, and Matt, that's a huge mistake. When I work with companies for, you know, business, cause I've had many different types of businesses over 30 years. And the worst thing you could do right now is go into the protect mode with your business. Right. Like, let me just cuddle you and hold you and hope everything's going to be okay. Now's the time I call it AOMA all out massive activity. Now's the time to compress time frames and, and go after it like you've never gone after it before and use the tools as your advantage, like your, like your secret weapon. It's not secret. Everybody knows about it, but most people are not willing to do like, for example, that, that, that conference, I'll guarantee you it wasn't that expensive. No, but yet most people are not willing to spend the money. They're not willing to travel. They're not willing to spend their time, but that's why most people won't do what you're doing that's right. with AI. Well, and if you think about, you know, from maybe more of like a motivational perspective, and I know you do a lot of motivational speaking and stuff, and I don't want to speak for what you say on stage or anything, but if you have somebody who doesn't do or is not kind of doing any personal or professional development on a regular basis, they stagnate, right? And then they're not motivated to do anything more. And if you already have a solid team in place at your business where you've done all the hard work and you've done all the hiring and you've trained all the people and HR is good and you got your payroll systems in place and everything's going well, why would you get rid of some of those great people you already have? Can you imagine having to go through like you're going to save money by not having to hire more people in the first place? You're also going to save money not having to replace through attrition, right? So, yeah, people might leave here and there. And so... You know, maybe I won't replace that one person or something, right? But the savings you're going to get at having people who are using new tools, they're getting more accomplished, your team sees more growth, the company sees more growth, then you could pay more money to your existing team members, right? You have this whole kind of snowball effect that comes from being able to be more productive, but also for your team to be more productive. Yeah, 100%. And when it comes to motivation, the only type of motivation that lasts is internal. And that's why, 
you know, when I work with companies and, it, and it's interesting because the business principles work no matter what. I mean, I remember we opened up one of our franchises. It was in a small town of 20,000 people. <clears throat> there was no AI. This has been 10 years ago, whatever it was. And, you know, small town, no advertising whatsoever. But I took just basic business principles. I know how to market. I know how to connect. I know how to, you know, drive the business. We opened the doors and from day one had a thousand plus people a day coming in a yogurt franchise. Nice. It was crazy. So when it comes to, but I knew how to motivate and inspire the employees. We knew how to drive, get our customers to share the message for us. And so, like you said, when you progress equals happiness, right. when you have your employees, your team, feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Because right now I've had several radio stations that interviewed me about one about layoffs, you know, up to 70% of business leaders said they're going to lay off up to a third of their employees this year, right? Because of all the things that are going on in the economy and that they're not even talking about AI, but then they're talking about the workplace. Are we going back to offices? And, you know, the majority of the people go, no, it's going to pretty much be in hybrid you know, the office and home, people want that flexibility. And then they talk about keeping your employees happy. Well, very few people left their jobs for money. Very few. The majority of them, they want a place that they feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. They want a place where they feel like they can advance and grow with the company. And when you're bringing something like, like AI into your company and you're shaking it up and it's exciting and it's new, and then you take and come up with incentives and ways to build the right culture in your organization, culture attracts what it is, repels what it's not, <clears throat> because then you're going to attract better employees. You're going to retain better employees because it's expensive when you have to keep rehiring people. That costs you a lot of money. And then you can, you know, do the right things to help drive the company. And it's a team effort. It, it makes a it makes a big difference. So there's so many. And here's the thing, too, Matt. People look at it. We're always looking for that big thing that's going to make a big difference. It's not the big thing. It's the many little small things that you're doing on a daily basis. But here's the difference. They seem to make no difference at all in the act of doing them the majority of the time. Whether good or bad. So if I go into McDonald's today and eat a Big Mac, French fries, milkshake, couple apple pies, not that big a deal, right? But if I eat that over the next 5, 10, 15 years, I'm not going to be doing well. So today, not that big a deal, compounded over a period of time, a big deal. When you do all these little 1% things in your company, organization, your team, compounded over a period of time, massive difference when the multipliers start to kick in. Right, and you know, just getting everybody on board with the mission and rowing in the same direction and even just knowing what the mission is in the first place and you know some of the larger organizations have such a gap between the customer and the worker right like when you talk about mcdonald's i mean yeah there's people on the front line kind of thing but you know i worked at companies like intel and nike in divisions that are doing things overseas and there could not be more of a gap between the retail customer in southern india and the office worker in oregon and a lot of times the message kind of gets lost right yes and speaking of mcdonald's 
you know, this came up a lot. Everybody likes to use McDonald's as an example because it's a big company. Everybody's aware of what they do. Everybody knows how it is. So McDonald's is using a chat bot in testing in a few locations when you order at the drive-thru, right? Mm. And it's not 100%, obviously, right? It makes a lot of mistakes, but you can ask it to talk to a real person and it'll refer it over to a person who is also at a call center, not the location that you're at. But... Everybody says, well, aren't they taking away this person's job, which they're not because at most McDonald's, when you talk to someone at the drive-thru, it's going to a call center and not the person in the location to begin with, especially in, you know, Southern California and places where labor is expensive. But nobody thinks that their drive-thru order is really that accurate to begin with. And nobody is going to McDonald's because the customer service is great, right? They can talk about customer service all day long, but let's face it, nobody goes, why did you go to McDonald's? And they're like, well, I really like the way they treat me. So that's why I go to, you know, like, no, right. You want to go there because it's fast, right? You can get speed and consistency is why people go to McDonald's, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're addicted to the combination of fat and sugar, but we're not going to get into the health side of it. It's fast and, and, and it's convenient, right? And... You know, that's the reason people are going there. So does anyone really care if the voice talking to them over the speaker is is automated or not? Right. I would say probably not. And, you know, there may be some kind of union action or something where they're going to try and not allow that to be automated or something. But I, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that ordering at a drive through is a job that's going to go away. Right. Yeah. And the um, when I was at the conference, they had an AI ethicist, um, Cassie Korzukov is her name, uh, if I pronounced it correctly. But she her example that she used is called the knocker upper, which is the person who used to have a giant stick who would go around and bang on people's windows before the invention of the alarm clock. If you had to get up for work, somebody would come with a stick and bang on your window to wake you up for work. Mm. And we don't need those people anymore, right? Because we invented alarm clocks. So the the drive-through, you know, attendant is probably the knocker-upper of, of now, right? I mean, that's a, we have a technology now that will do that job. You can have one person for every 50 drive-throughs or something in case they need to talk to a real person. Or it could be somebody in the store. And we're going to automate that job away, right? And is anybody really, you know, man, I, I really wish that I could get that career as the drive through operator. They will do something else. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but then you think about things like creative tasks and stuff that AI is starting to replace, you know, uh, a lot of st- stock photography and stuff and things like that are are already being displaced in the industry. And I think what you're going to have in in some of those industries is some percentage, right? It might be the top 50%. It might be the top 70%. might be the top 10%. Who knows? Those people will still do well because they're doing something that's difficult to recreate or something that's out of the ordinary or something that's professional that needs to be right the first time, that kind of stuff. And I think this is for almost any job that gets automated. 
but a percentage of almost every job is going to be affected by AI. And like I was saying, the AI is not really going to take their job. It's a person using AI that's going to take their job. The person who runs 20 AI drive throughs is taking the job of the other 19 people who used to answer the drive through Yeah. Right? Yeah. But of those 19 people who answer the drive through you still need half of those because the person who did the drive through didn't just do that. They still got the food for people, brought it to the window or whatever, right? So, I mean, is that really taking everyone's job? Probably not. So I'd like to get your thought on you know, the, the motivation side for, you know, larger companies, corporations and stuff. What do you think is something that they should be thinking about for their staff and their employees, you know, in the near future and not necessarily to do with AI, but. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's important. I'll give an example based off of what you just said, right? When now's the time to think outside the box. And I have, I help, I help a lot of companies with business growth strategy. And they'll tell me, hey, look, I need someone that thinks differently than us. We need somebody who thinks different outside the box. If you look at Netflix and Blockbuster, Netflix went into the office in the boardroom with Blockbuster, said, we will sell you Netflix for $50 million. We help do away with late fees. We help you know, get them exactly what they want, keep it as long as they want. All the pain points of the consumer, Blockbuster literally laugh them out the door. Why would we want to get rid of late fees? It's good for us. It's not good for the consumer. And so years later, Blockbuster bankrupted a billion in debt. Netflix still dominates. <clears throat> so we have to ask the right questions, think outside the box, be innovative. And like you said, so the other day, I had a couple flights that were canceled over the last you know, several weeks. Like this year, I've already had 40-some virtual and physical speaking engagements. And so I've had two or three times where I was traveling, flights got messed up. I call in this last time was a four hour wait. Right. You know, and you can put yourself in line and they call you back. And I'm like, okay, well they call me back and my phone rang twice and then stopped ringing. And I'm like, I just waited all that time and I'm trying to get my flight. So the last couple, well, then I went to, Hey, look on the app, it says I can chat with them. So I chatted Within minutes, they had fixed my flight. So now I don't even want to call back in. Why would I want to call back in, play the telephone tag game, wait for an hour, two hours most likely, because if they're having delays, there's probably delays everywhere. Then for you to try to call me back, I accidentally miss you and we start the whole process over again. And I'm frustrated, agitated, and all that stuff, right? Well, I think now is definitely a time where, because there's companies that are, some are going under, some of them, you know, there's quite a few of them that are merging. There's some of them that are struggling, trying to figure out what to do. But this is that if you look at Uber and Airbnb and Amazon and look at Tommy John, that interview I was just telling you about, mm -hmm. it started during challenging times because there will be more people that need problem solved now than ever before. So I think if we have the right mindset, if you have people that think differently around you, if you're asking, how can I serve my target audience and do a better job. Like I'm in a couple masterminds, one of them, Andy Frisella, who has first form. That's a billion dollar nutrition company. Well, when, <clears throat> when he came onto the scene, the big one was Bill Phillips and EAS. Mm -hmm. And you go, well, who is that? Well, you don't know now, maybe if you're listening to this, if you're right. younger, because they're gone because they, all they did was promote a bunch of muscle bound, you know, I don't know if it was men and women or just men, whatever it was. But first form had a different approach. 
not only that, he was talking about, hey, listen, we I tell people, look, we're going to do things differently than every other company. You don't see how fast you can get off the phone with one of our customers that calls in. You take as long as you possibly need to. You make them feel like they're the number one person on the planet. They're actually sending handwritten notes to their people, right? So they're, they're doing things differently than everyone else. You go, well, is it worth that? Well, Ed Milet is a part of that mastermind group too. And Ed Milet's worth over 700 million, fastest growing business entrepreneurial podcast. He's like, this is crazy. He's playing golf somewhere. I don't know if it was Maine or wherever it was. And the guy that's the, the caddy, he's like, he was drinking, had a first form bottle. He's like, hey man, first form, that's my buddy's company. Right. And he's like, really? He's like, I'm question, I'm curious, how did you hear about it? He's like, man, my dad's like 80, 90 years old. I was over at his house and he had a handwritten note laid on his countertop. And I started reading it. That's how I found it about first form and it impressed me. And so I started ordering, right? So that's a full circle moment. And he, that's their partners, you know, in the mastermind and everything's like that. So now I think it's just really important. I know it's really important to think outside the box Make sure that you're being very intentional about who is around you. If you want to change your life, your right. business, you change your associations, you change your environment. So right now, I'm in. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So what I'm doing is I'm paying to be in masterminds and getting around people and getting coaching from people that have the life that I want because they think differently. They think bigger. They think outside the box. Because sometimes I be I believe we can be enslaved by the people and the things around us and not even know it. And then focus on that consumer. How can you add value? What problems can you solve? And even if you have no experience, like Tommy John, this dude didn't have any experience in undergarments, but he got tired of his shirt being untucked. And he did his research and he filled a need. And then he done it better than everyone else. And now it's a global brand. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that would be a great spot to like leave off the podcast right there but you were talking about your flights being rescheduled. And I was having a conversation with a couple of young guys at the airport, actually, when I was waiting because my flight was delayed. And the funny part of that is I came up with an idea, a seriously out-of-the-box idea, that would fix problems with flights. And it's an AI-related one, of course, because I'm on my way back from the AI conference. What if everybody just told the airline, this is where I need to be at what time? rather than go book their own flights and then pick their own airline and all that stuff. This is where I need to be. And then the AI says, what is the most efficient way to get everybody there on time? Mm. And the AI books all the flights and it just tells you if it has to make a change, it books the next most efficient way for you to get there and ask you, is this acceptable? And you just hit yes or no, you know, and then you can go talk to a person if you need to. That's outside the box. Listen up air Canada and United and Delta and, <laughs> This will fix, fix air travel. And not only that, you need less flights. You use less fuel. You need less staff to do that. And I mean, obviously, it's not going to work for everybody. But imagine the efficiency gains when instead of having 20 million people trying to book their flights and their air travel for the month, you've got a system that can book half of it for those people automatically, right? I can definitely see that coming in the future. 
Anyway, that's my that's my brilliant airport idea for the day. <laughs> but Darren, I wish we had more time to talk. We could probably talk all day long about this. But the book is I Will Until. And people can go to IWillUntil.com. And is there another way that you like people to reach out to you? Well, if they go to IWillUntil.com, they can reach out to me. They can connect me with me on social media. <clears throat> they can purchase the book. So that's probably a good good place for them to connect with me. Sounds good. Well, let's keep thinking outside the box. And if you want to hire a good speaker at your event, Darren Kidd will motivate your people. And you can always have me come in and talk about weird AI stuff. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great Please day. Thanks so much.